the tomb is empty. Man, hear me, our God is alive. He went to the cross, he died for you and for me, and he rose again from the dead. Man, happy Easter. It's great to have you here with us. May we celebrate our risen Savior. Everybody just say, he is risen. Louder and bigger, he is risen. Amen, man, he is risen. May God get all the glory. You know, this is an awesome time for us to come together and celebrate, and you might be like, you know, it would be nice if we actually could get together. We would prefer that. We would love to do that. And so here's my request. As we walk through the rest of this service, here's what's going on. Imagine an Easter service, not like last Easter, but an imagine an Easter service like 2,000 years ago. Imagine the Easter that first year. As the disciples didn't understand a thing, fear was the number one thing they were feeling. They were rocked by what was going on. They were self-sequestered. They put themselves in a room and they closed it down. It was the end of Passover and they were devastated. And they weren't sure what was coming next. They hung on in that small room until they found out the amazing truth of Jesus Christ. Man, you, you are in your room finding out about Jesus Christ as we go after it together. So today we're going to be jumping into Matthew chapter 28 and we're launching a new sermon series. This series is called Take Hold. It's all about grasping the truth of Jesus Christ and celebrating that massive turning point in this world when he actually went to the cross. He died and he rose again and he brought us hope. And all of God's people said, amen, man, amen. So as we jump in here to Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse one, we're gonna be learning a little bit about how we take hold. So right where we're at, in the rooms that we're in, Lord, may you speak to us now, teach us what we need to do to take hold. Here we go. Point number one, seek. Seek after Jesus. Seek after Jesus. May we look for him. May we long for him. May we grasp who he is. Starts out in Matthew 28, starting in verse one. It says, now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Let's just hold there. It says, now after the Sabbath, Right, that's the seventh day of the week. There's six days that God worked, and then on the seventh, he took a rest, right? So now after the seventh, after that seventh day of rest, this is actually the end of the Passover week after the Sabbath. It says, towards the dawn of the first day of the week. So they're walking into the first day of the week. The sun is just rising and coming up. The birds are chirping. The sun is beginning to shine. And the devastation and the heartache within souls is massive. Remember where we're at. This is the end of the Passover, Matthew 28. This is the end of when Jesus Christ, the King of the universe, stepped into this world, God Almighty, in absolute perfection. And he, perfect, walking amongst the imperfect, lived the perfect sinless life for us. Everybody just say, he is perfect. And louder and bigger, he is perfect. 
Yeah, don't miss it, man. Jesus Christ, the absolutely perfect one living for us. He walked amongst them. He taught amongst them. He called them out. He's like, do you see the truth here? And he racked their world. He touched and he healed. He spoke and dead men were raised. Jesus brought hope, amazing hope. And then all of a sudden, he was taken to the cross. And they were completely shocked. The disciples weren't listening. They weren't paying attention. They didn't understand how it was going to come down. And Jesus taken to this cross. He was whipped. He was beaten. He was mocked. He ended up being nailed. Nails through his hands. Nails through his feet. Nailed to a cross. And his, his flesh was torn. And as the blood came down, he was paying a price for you and for me. God had a plan. God had a plan and Jesus knew exactly what he was doing as he made that sacrifice. He was allowing for us to walk from imperfection back to absolute perfection. But the disciples didn't get that. They were completely shocked by why he was crucified. They were hiding away now in total fear of what might come to them next. They had no clue of what was going on. And three days after Jesus had died on that cross and was put away in a tomb... It says, the sun began to dawn after Passover. And they were feeling the anxiety and the grief and the soreness. And it says, and Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Matthew being super clear here, Mary Magdalene, this is one who had been struggling with demon possession. It said seven demons were torturing her and Jesus spoke and removed those demons. She followed him with great joy, massive smiles as she worshiped the one who had power and authority over the dark forces of the world. Mary Magdalene, she was following him and she was devastated he was gone. And it says the other Mary, the Mary, the mother of James. And the two of these Marys gathered together. In fact, we're told in another passage in scripture, in another gospel, that there were others there with them. But Matthew making a big deal out of these two ladies. They gathered together and they went to see the tomb. Have you ever had one of those trips where somebody you love dearly has passed away and you're hurting and you're longing for them and you wish you could just see them again, you wish you could laugh with them again and they're going back to that tomb, bringing spices, laying some things out, being able to try to cover over Whatever odors might be there, trying to make a little bit of a celebration and remembrance of the one they love so much. Mary Magdalene and Mary went to the tomb to pay their respects and they brought some things with. It says, and behold. Remember, every time we see the word behold, we say, check it out, right? Just say it out loud, check it out, right? Whenever scripture says behold, something big is going on. It says, and behold, there was a great earthquake, not just a little earthquake, not just kind of an earthquake. There was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord described or descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. This angel descended from heaven and there was a thunderous earthquake. Man, I'm telling you, the rocks were being rumbled. Stones were being moved. The stone that was covering the tomb being moved away both from the earthquake and from that angel moving with force. This angel was coming down and bringing it. 
There was a message he was coming with as he descended. It says he descended from heaven and he came and he rolled back the stone and he sat on it. And this angel had a message. This angel had a job to do. And as he rolled back the stone, may we grasp this, he did not roll back the stone in order to release Jesus. Everybody say, not that. He didn't roll back the stone to release Jesus. He rolled back the stone to reveal that this tomb is now empty. Revealing was his job. Proclaiming was his job. Can you imagine having this job, man? Can you imagine in heaven when the father is assigning different roles and responsibilities and he's talking to this angel and he says, hey, just so you know, I've chosen you. I want you to be the one who's going to come down. Now, here's the deal. I don't want you going down small. I don't want you going down and kind of, maybe you could be misunderstood. Like, that's not going to happen. When you enter in, I want it with massive authority. There is going to be a thunderous earthquake. I want you delivering the biggest message you could have ever delivered. Get ready. Can you imagine being that angel? I mean, I, I don't know if it were me, I'd be practicing ahead of time. Like, what are the words I'm going to say? Like, how am I going to bring this? Is this going to be big enough? Maybe I'll sit on the stone. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I got to figure it out when I get there, you know? And all of a sudden, he gets down there in this thunderous earthquake, and he's rolled the stone away, and he sits back up on the stone, and he's like, that's right. I'm here, and I got a message. This angel, with massive hope, as the angel had descended down, thunderous earthquake, rolled the stone back, and now he sat on it. It says, his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow, like lightning. Have you ever looked at a lightning bolt? Have you ever seen something up close like a lightning bolt? Like when it snaps, you literally have to kind of turn away. It's so bright. Just so you know, this angel sitting up on the stone, when you look at that angel, you would literally almost have to look away. It would cause you to see spots after it, the white clothing just shining brightly. This is a massive, authoritative angel with huge statement of power in brightness and in an earthquake, this angel delivering it up. It says, and for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. Matthew making it super clear. There were guards watching over this tomb. And as the angel appeared with massive thunderous earthquake, the rumble come right, that rumble coming. And as the stone gets rolled back, the guards who are standing there who are supposed to make sure that nothing ever happens to the body of Jesus don't want him taken away because Jesus made it clear that he would be rising after three days. They're like, make sure that doesn't happen. That guy stays in the tomb. I don't want that body coming out. I don't want any false rumors coming out. That's what the Chief priests and scribes were saying, and so these guards are standing there to watch over it and make sure it didn't happen. And all of a sudden, thunderous earthquake, stone moving away, and they look up and they're blinded and they literally are frozen in their tracks like dead men. They were panic-stricken. Have you ever had one of those moments where you got panic-stricken? Where you actually heard something or saw something that surprised you and it like made your, it took your breath away? Like you're <gasps> And all of a sudden, you're breathing a little bit fast and a little bit shallow. You're like, <sighs> have you ever had that moment? Dude, I don't know about you, but I've had that a couple times. Usually, strangely, it's always in my basement. Like I'm on my way up from the basement and everything is, all the lights are turned out and I'm coming upstairs and something slides and drops. And all of a sudden, you're like, what in the world was that? And it takes your breath and like your heart is beating and you're trying to figure, and now I'm trying to run up the steps faster. Have you ever had something like that happen? And I, 
That's these guys times 10 million. As they're looking at this angel, shocked beyond belief and trying to figure out what to do next. And they're frozen like dead men. It says, and the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I love that moment. The angel said to the women, don't miss that. The angel sitting on the stone, the guards are panic stricken. They're freaking out. They're like, we don't even know what to do. And he's like, he looks at them and he's like, that's right, you should be afraid. And he looks over to the ladies and he says, don't be afraid, ladies. You'll be afraid. Don't be afraid, ladies. Like he's making it super clear to the women. You, I'm welcoming in. You, I'm giving privilege to. Not you. You're not getting the privilege. And these guards having to deal with the thunderous, fearful presence of this angel as he told some in the presence of the angel not to be afraid, but not them. He says, do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. I know you're seeking Jesus. He's like, just so you know, I'm not bringing harm. I'm bringing hope. I'm not here to hurt. I'm here to bring an amazing story of truth. Don't worry about it. I know what you're here for and you have nothing to be afraid of. These ladies hearing that he even understood that Jesus was crucified. That Jesus lost his life at the cross willingly. Everybody say willingly. He gave his life willingly. And now the angel has something to share. And he's like, just so we're clear, just so you know and understand, I know why you're here. It's okay. Everything is all right. And may we seek Jesus. And I'm just telling you, a lot of times it can really catch us off guard as we go after Jesus Christ and we don't even know what he is thinking, where he's at, how it's going to work next. These people, they were seeking after who they thought had passed away at the cross and was dead and gone. But they were coming to just at least pay respects. I'm just telling you, when we go to seek after Jesus, know this. Our job is to grasp and fully understand that we could barely grasp and fully understand who he is and how he's planning to work in our lives. All too often as we seek after Christ in this world, we have a very small view of what God's gonna provide. Maybe you know what I'm talking about as we look into the middle of this COVID virus and trying to figure out what's even coming next and how long it's gonna last and what's gonna happen with my job and how is this gonna work in the home with the kids in the home right now and, and Lord, I'm coming to you and I'm seeking after you and I'm not sure which way you're even going to move. And I'm just telling you all too often, Jesus shocks us with what he has planned. May we come to him and seek after him knowing that he has a glorious plan. May we seek after him with hope. You know, this past week has been a crazy week for our family and, uh, you know, coming up to Easter week here, and obviously we had the Good Friday services, and so we did some extra recording for that and getting that going, and just a phenomenal night of Good Friday with two services, and loved being able to worship online with you all, and an awesome time there. But it's more than that. Man, in this past week, we had a lot going on in our home um, with my younger daughter, Alyssa. 
She was getting married. Uh, the date was April 18th, so just a little bit out from here, right? It was supposed to be next week, and that, that was the plan, next week. And we were holding on, and then all of a sudden, Governor Prisker made a statement that that was done, that he was going to be covering down the numbers. They were shrinking down to like 10 now and all that stuff. We had to make quick decisions about which way we were headed, so we decided that we were going to actually move the wedding up. So we did. Last week, a week and a half ago, we decided we're moving it up. We moved it up to last Sunday. And so April 5th, my daughter Alyssa got married and a sweet time of celebration. And maybe we can just throw a pic up here. I'll get to the side and just a sweet time of celebration. This is Alyssa and Grant. And, uh, you know, we could only have just a few people gather together for the immediate family to do the wedding. And it wasn't really what Alyssa had planned at all. There was a lot of tears coming into it, trying to figure out which way to go with it. And, but I'm just telling you, God met us right where we were as we sought after him and tried to place him in the middle of this ceremony. And, and we had just a few people that rallied there physically. And then we ended up putting a Facebook Live thing together and doing the service, recorded it so that a bunch of people could join. I don't even know what it was, 150, 200 people that joined online to be able to watch it and, and uh, just being able to bring a smile in that way. And afterwards, we took a few photos and uh, obviously you can tell not stacked with a ton of people around, right? And, but it was a sweet and tender time. And then um, the Lord just stirring and some friends, very sweet bunch of friends and family rallied together and everybody got in cars to be able to respect the social distancing. And uh, they ended up rallying some 40 cars or more and they came down the street and drove past the house honking and celebrating and lifting it up. Brought these guys to tears, brought me to tears, man. I'm just telling you, it was a sweet, sweet moment as we were seeking after Christ and longing for him to make an impact in this broken world. What a sweet, sweet celebration we were able to have together. And uh, so appreciate all of you who made a big deal out of that and helped lift this up. You were a part of God working in our lives. And uh, so appreciate that. Man, as we seek after God, know this, in the middle of our heartaches, in the middle of our hurts, in the middle of our confusions, he is ready to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. He loves you and he's ready to rock your world. Man, are you ready to seek after him? Are you ready to go after him and have him do things that you never saw or never planned on having? You know, in fact, I ended up putting a little bit of this video online of the cars going by and it ended up going a little bit viral around here, viral, what you'd call, and a, a couple thousand viewings and the news ended up seeing it. So they grabbed it on the news and they ended up posting that for a couple of nights on the news and being able to show Grant and Alyssa being celebrated with the drive-by of cars. And man, that's our God in the moments of heartache and downtime, saying, I'm right here with you. Let's celebrate together. Let's take one step together. I love you. And our God has huge plans. May we seek after him. And all of God's people said, amen. Are you ready to seek? Are you ready to be blown away with who he is? Point number two, believe Believe that he is alive, risen from the dead. Believe that he is alive, risen from the dead. The angel was talking to the women. And he said, do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified, right? We just went through that. I know you're coming to see Jesus. Here's the next words. He is not here. Now, if he just stopped there, 
that would actually leave a lot of questions. Right? Like, he's not here. Somebody came and stole the body. That's one story that people told. He is not here. He never really died. He was just kind of sick, and so he got up, apparently super strong, so he rolled the stone away himself, came out. He's fine. Swoon theory. Some have made that up as well. People trying to come up with reasons for why the tomb is empty, but I'm telling you the angel gives the answer right here. He says, he is not here. He has risen. He has risen. Man, just say it right where you are. He has risen. Say it louder. Say it bigger. He has risen. Jesus Christ, he has risen from the dead. The tomb is empty. Man, hear me. Our God is alive. He went to the cross. He died for you and for me. And he rose again from the dead. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is risen from the dead? He's alive. And may we not just go after seeking for Jesus some kind of feel good. May it go so much more. May we believe that he is risen from the dead. It says he is not here. He has risen as he said. I love that moment that Matthew's getting real detailed with. Matthew, a disciple, is like, I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of didn't put it in perspective. But after the fact, I'm putting it in perspective. He told us about this. Here's a couple of passages you may want to write them down. But in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, Matthew chapter 17, verse 23, and Matthew chapter 20, verse 19. I'll say them again. 16, verse 21, 17, verse 23, and 20, verse 19. All three of those locations in Matthew, Jesus actually reveals that he is going to die. Three days later, he is going to rise again from the dead actually makes it super crystal clear. I am going to die, and three days later, I will rise. And the disciples were like, no, you're going to be Messiah King. You're going to be in charge. You're going to rule forever. They were ignoring some of what he said, and they were missing it. So as Jesus did die on the cross, they never put it together and realized, three days, man, and he is going to rise from the dead. Jesus rose exactly as he said, exactly as he promised. And then the angel says, come, see the place where he lay. Now you got to picture this angel. Remember his job sent from the Father in heaven was to be able to bring the thunderous declaration of what's going on. And as he entered into this earth, he celebrated with the thunderous move of rocks shifting and the stone being pushed aside and him blazing in glory and sitting on the stone. And now he says, ladies, my job is to be able to proclaim that he has risen. I have done my job. I've told you, I've shared with you. Now I need you to embrace with me. Ready? Come take a look inside. You experience him risen from the dead. Enter into this tomb and check it out. Can you imagine being the ladies? You're looking at him in bright glory. He's told you not to be afraid, which honestly, don't be afraid, maybe brings a little of it down. And part of you is still like, I don't know, man. Like I haven't seen an angel this big and this bright before, right? And he's like, take a look inside. And you're like, okay. And, and you glance in and it is empty. And the shroud is left, just laying there. And it's like he rose from the dead. Maybe, could this be true? And can you imagine that moment when the angel says, 
I want you to take a look where he used to lay because he doesn't lay there anymore. Jesus Christ is risen. And all of God's people said, amen, man, the ladies were introduced to the empty tomb. And uh, I'll just tell you this. There's a lot of people that like to celebrate Christ's work on the cross. And they reflect on the cross with Christ on the cross. And I'm just telling you, that's great. Christ did die for us. He did. And we have hope because of that. We have our sins covered because of that. But it's so much more than him dying on the cross. It's him rising from the dead. I would way prefer to remember the empty tomb. Stone rolled back, bright light of angels, celebration of the empty tomb. And uh, it says, he then said to the women, then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. He's like, your job now, I told you, now you go tell the disciples. You run back and you let them know, just so you know, this is a super huge deal, that he brought the women in. And as he talked with them and he let them know, he was giving them a place of privilege. But the reality is, the women actually didn't carry that position in society. This was something that was being given to them that wasn't really actually supposed to be given by society. But God was like, no, I'm going to bless these ladies and I'm going to pour it on. And so they had the privilege of being able to see the empty tomb and they had the privilege of being able to bring the message of the hope that he is risen from the dead. By the way, for those who would want to say risen, maybe it just meant he was hurt really bad and then rose up again. Uh, no, he is risen from the dead. Jesus Christ, he gave his body, he gave his blood for you and for me that we might be forgiven. Do you believe that he is risen from the dead? He says, go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. And then he says, and behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, check it out, right? Just say it out loud with me. Check it out, right? It says, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. He's like, just so you know, Jesus is going to meet with you guys individually. He is going to meet you in your home. Remember where these guys were coming from? They were Galileans. They had come down to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. They were hanging out for the week for that celebration. They were looking for a lot of great things to happen. And instead, the exact opposite happened. And now as they're getting ready to pack up at the end of Passover, they're going to go back home to Galilee. And he's like, the angel says, you tell them just so they can know that Jesus is going to meet with them in their home. He's going to their hometown to Galilee and he's going to meet them there. He says, there you will see him. That's the message that they're to bring. You're supposed to go back home to Galilee and you're going to meet him in your home. Please hear me. We have the promise and the privilege of being able to meet Jesus Christ in our homes. Right where you are right now. That God might be getting all the glory. You being able to truly meet him and hear from him and celebrate him with all you've got. They were being able to go back home and meet him there as Jesus met and Jesus loves to meet all of us right where we are and whatever we're struggling with. And then the angel says, see, I have told you. This is the equivalent of a 2,000 year old mic drop. 
That's what this is. This is the angel coming down thunderously and the earthquake rumbling and the stone rolled back and he shines bright and he tells the guards to be afraid, right? Just by not talking to him. And he tells the ladies, don't be afraid. He shares with them, he is risen. Take a look. See how the tomb is empty? Now you go tell. Now I've done my job. Boom. Mic drop. See, I have told you. Now you tell those around you. May you believe and may you trust and may you share along the way. And may we believe that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Do you believe? Do you believe that he is absolutely alive today? God Almighty risen. And that's what we're called to do for salvation is trusting in him that he is risen from the dead. So I just wrote a few words down here about belief. Belief, it centers on what you trust and on who you trust. And when we believe, we're believing in a fact, we're believing in some truths, but we're also believing in those who have shared with us, those who are making it clear to us. Man, as we believe that God has risen from the dead, we're believing maybe those who first told us about it, we're believing God himself. Belief. It is a lot to do with information, but more than that, it has to do with trusting those who are sharing with you. And, and, uh, and may we realize that our God is willing to meet us right where we're at. May we believe in him. Here's another one. A true belief is when you place your life into his hands. Man, when we believe something, we're willing to put our whole life on the line for it. Man, do you believe he has risen? Are you willing to have your life in his hands? Are you willing to trust him to be able to be the one who is your hope? Do you believe? Are you willing to believe? Maybe up until now you haven't believed and you're not sure where you stand. And maybe right here and right now is the first time you've been thinking about it as you join us today. Man, it's time for us to say, Jesus, you are risen from the dead. I believe. I'm putting my life into your hands. I believe you are God Almighty, risen from the dead. Man, may we truly grasp the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Here's the last one. Saving belief lives the reality that the tomb is empty. Saving belief lives the reality that the tomb is empty. Man, may we believe by trusting in him. May we believe as we start to grasp this truth and place our life into his hands. And may we believe, may it start to affect our every single day. I believe. And do you believe? Are you willing to put yourself into the hands of your almighty king? Are you willing to admit he is risen and give him your all? That's where the ladies were called to so far. They were seeking after Jesus and then after that, they were believing that he is risen and they were called to share it out. Now, number three. With joy and expectation, take hold of him and worship with joy and expectation take hold of him and worship 
It starts out in verse 8 here. It says, so they departed quickly from the tomb. Do you think? Can you imagine? Like you're the one who's standing there. You just got completely surprised. You showed up at the grave. You were remorseful. You were sorrowful. You were grieving. You had brought spices. He is gone. You can't believe it. You're devastated. As you come up with tears welling up and you're walking up to the tomb, all of a sudden you are shaken to the core by an earthquake and rocks tumbling and the stone moving and the brightness of an angel as you can barely look. Your heart begins to beat. You can barely breathe. The angel says, don't fear. You're like, okay, I'm going to try. Right? Don't fear. Take a look inside. He is risen. You glance in. He's gone. He's like, go tell the other disciples. Make sure you tell them. And they're like, done. And they take off on the run as fast as they can. They are moving as quickly as they can to go tell the other disciples. That would not be the time on your way out to be like, kind of hungry. You want to stop and get something to eat on the way back? Or, right? This is a moment where they're like on full dead run until we get back to telling the others. It says, so they departed quickly from the tomb with fear. Why fear? What's the fear come from? Well, I guarantee some of it is still a little shaken about the size and the power of that angel. Some of it is shaken by the earthquake that just took place. Some of it is shaken by the truth that they just came in contact with. What does this mean? What's going to happen next? Where does it go from here? Maybe Christ is going to take over as Messiah and King now. What does that mean for all of us as Jews? How does this go down next? What, what happens to us when we come back with this story? We went to the tomb. It's empty. We believe he's risen. An angel told us. What happens to us? All of those fears very legit. But here's the other thing it says, so they departed quickly with fear and great joy. Like there's a part of them that's kind of a little tensed, can barely breathe. And there's this other part that's like, dude, did you totally see what I saw? Like that tomb is empty, man. He is risen. Can you believe this? This is amazing. And they're running back like, I'm going to try to tell them first. Are you going to tell them first? What words are you going to say? What am I going to say? This is amazing what's going on. They are pumped and they are amped that they have the truth that Jesus is alive. And with huge joy overwhelming and tears still being wiped out of their eyes, they are running to tell the most unbelievable news possible. He is risen from the dead with fear and Great joy. They're running to tell the disciples, it says, and behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, right, check it out, right? And behold, Jesus met them. They are on their way to go tell the disciples. They are leaving the tomb. They are running with joy and excitement. And Jesus meets them. Why? Why would Jesus have chosen to meet them there? Why not just go meet all the disciples? When the women get there, then he can show up. And he's like, they're telling the truth. Why have the rest of the disciples wait until getting up to Galilee? Why meet with these women here? And you know, we often don't understand what Jesus is doing. But I can tell you this. Most often when our God is working with us, he's working in the middle of our fears. As he's beginning to calm us and call us closer and share himself with us in ways we could never imagine. And as he met with these women, I guarantee you he was meeting to calm the fears. Don't worry. 
It's true, and it is so worth sharing. And as he met with them along the way, I love this, he said to them, greetings. Just so you know, in the original language, this is a lot like saying, hey, or, or what's up? Or dude, how are you doing? It is super casual. It is a regular greeting. Jesus shows up and he's just like, hey, ladies, how's it going? Can you imagine in that moment as they're kind of running along? It doesn't exactly say how Jesus met them, but at some point he's there and they're running past and he's like, hey, ladies, how's it going? And they're running by and they're like, whoa, hang on. And now they turn around and they see it's him. And they're in awe as they turn and they begin to talk with him. He says, greetings. And they came up and they took hold of his feet and they worshiped him. Don't miss that. It doesn't say, and they took hold of his feet and they asked him a ton of questions. It doesn't say, and they took hold of his feet and they began to share how they felt over the last three days. They took hold of his feet and they put him in the right position in their life as they got down on their knees and they cried out to the one who is king of kings. Man, don't forget this. In Jewish culture, the feet were considered absolutely filthy. To put yourself at somebody's feet was to say, you are so much more worthy than I am. I am only worthy to touch your feet. They took hold of his feet and with an absolute celebration, they worshiped him. They celebrated that this is the God who speaks and things happen. They praised his name that he is the one absolutely in charge. I just wrote some words down. That he is God almighty. That he is the risen one. Just say these words out with me. Say them out loud as I say them. Ready? Get ready to say it out loud. He is God Almighty. Say it louder, say it bigger. Ready? He is God Almighty. He is the risen one, Messiah, King of Kings, in charge. So worth following. He is the solution to my fear, and He is the solution to my future. This is my God. And they threw themselves at his feet and clinging, that's what they were saying. You are awesome. You are risen and you are glorious. And do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is risen from the dead? And are you willing to confess him as Lord? putting him in charge. Scripture says super clear, that's what it takes to be saved. That we admit, A, that we admit that we are sinners in need of a savior. Lord God, I am not perfect. I am far from it and I need a savior. Admit, B, that I believe he is risen. This is not a lie. This is not a twist. He is truly risen from the dead with power and authority, I believe. And see, I confess him as Lord. As I drop down, I grab his knees and I cry out. That's saved. Admit, believe, confess. 
take hold and worship. May he get all the glory. Man, maybe you're here with us today and you haven't made that commitment. We're just going to take a little bit of time now and we want to give you an opportunity to come to your Savior, maybe for the first time taking hold. And let's go to prayer and let's celebrate our God. And if you have trusted Christ as Savior already, man, be just praying right now that God might move. Man, if you haven't trusted Christ, this is a sweet opportunity for you to tell your king that you're in. I'm just going to tell you, we're going to try something. Normally in our services, there's a time where we do this and I may ask, I would love to be able to see hands so I can pray for you. And uh, so we're going to put a little box up. It's going to be in the chat session there. And it's going to give you a chance to be able to click on that hand and say, yeah, I, I trusted Christ as Savior today. And if you believe and confess with Christ today, you're saying, I'm in with him. No more holding back, I'm in. And that box is for you. Just go ahead and click that raising of the hand. There's also a chance there for you to be able to, after that, you can say, yeah, I'd love to pray with a pastor if you want. If not, you don't have to, but that's available. So if you click that box, it'll raise a hand and we'll be able to see that and be able to communicate with you. And we can pray there then. So let's just rally together here now. So we bow our heads and close our eyes right where we are. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. Man, if you are longing to come to trust Christ as Savior today, if you're looking to put your fears into his hand, if you're ready to be blown away by his goodness in the midst of this badness of world, just let him know that now. Just tell him right where you are that you're in. Maybe you're uncomfortable with even what to say. So I'm just going to pray a prayer out loud here. And you can just repeat it right where you are. Just letting your God know that you love him, that you're in. Just repeat this prayer after. I'm just going to go phrase by phrase. And you can say it quietly. You can say it out loud. Just come to trust your God right now as you say, Dear Heavenly Father, just repeating these words right where you are. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit, I admit that I am far from perfect. I admit that I have done so many things wrong. I need a savior. I admit that my good works are not enough. And I believe, I believe that Jesus, you are risen. I believe you are alive. I believe that you are God Almighty, that you died and you rose. I believe. And I confess. I confess you as Lord. Take over. I'm throwing my arms around you. Take hold. Please take these fears. 
Please take these trials. Please save me. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. And thank you, Jesus, for rising again. Amen. Everybody just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed in this moment. Just keep praying. And Man, if you did pray that prayer again, I would love to be able to pray for you. We as a staff would love to. Just go ahead. You can click that box that's in the chat session there. You can let us know. We would love to be able to celebrate that you have trusted Christ today. Would you just let us know that you're in? That you're giving your fears over to your God. That you're believing in him and handing your life to him. Just let us know that we might pray. Would you click on that? what it's like in the middle of your room or whatever and you got to get over to a computer let's just take another minute to just take a moment where you can get to that and click just let us know this is a good first step for you to just say God I'm in with you I'm taking hold I worship you just go ahead and click that button there and let us know Don't want to miss out. This is a sweet, sweet moment. This Easter, when we're all locked down, what a great way to remember the moment you came to Christ, just putting your life in his hands. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just pray for each of those now who have trusted in you. We pray for those who have already trusted in you. Lord, we long for us to be able to celebrate you in ways so fresh and so powerful. Lord, for any lives that may have come to you today, may they grasp for a fresh moment what it means to take hold of you. May they celebrate you with all they've got. May you be their King of kings and Lord of lords. May they be able to set down their fears and pick up their peace with you like never before. Lord, for all of us, may we find you as King of kings and Lord of lords, risen Savior, God Almighty. It is in the saving name of Jesus I pray these things. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Man, what a sweet moment we have of celebration. And just so we're clear, it says in Scripture that when one comes to trust Christ, the angels celebrate and lift it up bigger than a drive-by car celebration, lifting it up with all they've got. And so as we go into this closed song, man, we are going to be bringing it huge to our God. We're going to be making much of him. Let me just close in prayer here. Lord God, we thank you that we have life because of you. Lord, we thank you that we have hope because of you. Lord, we thank you that as we trust in you and believe and confess, we can run out of the grave with new and living life. You are awesome. You are glorious. You are almighty. You are holy. You are risen from the dead. And you are my king. It is in the saving, healing, redeeming name of Jesus, I pray these things. 
And all of God's people said, amen.